When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Welcome to Sustainable Success. I hope everyone is having a great week. We are just right around Memorial Day weekend. It's right here, right in front of us. Hope everyone's having a great week. And I hope you're going to take some time to enjoy time with your family and loved ones. You know, even with COVID last year, we went through so much and still dealing with it on some level. It shouldn't be able to stop us from doing certain things that will kind of allow us to recharge our batteries for this weekend. So when we come back, we're going to be ready to bring in June with a with a bang to do all these great things that we do the sustainable success way. You found us here on the Voice American Influencers channel. We also encourage uh, any new listeners and our current listeners to also check us out at uh, our Facebook group. And that is Sustainable Success 2017. Sustainable Success 2017. There you'll listen to many of our great guests that we've had on over the years, sharing their words of wisdom and insights to help not only scale your business to the next level, but also your personal lives as well. So today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. This is a social media community platform that brings together people through their universities that they went to, Alamaters, well, this could be also fraternities, sororities, as well as any businesses that are now defunct where you can get together with people that you haven't connected with in a long time, or perhaps meet new people that you haven't met. And it's, this is a great way to not only exchange ideas and share experiences, but perhaps might be your next business partner, may land you your next new job opportunity. Not to mention the platform features a wide variety of different affinity programs that are only available to Alumni Direct members. So feel free to check them out at myalumnidirect.com. That's myalumnidirect.com. We have a great show today. We are going to be talking about Pivot to Transform a Bold Future. This is around leadership. And, and it's something really close to me. As everyone knows, I love leadership and I'd love to be involved in it. Leadership is an example. It's not a title in itself, but it's a way of life. How do we lead ourselves is how we be the example for others to do the same. But we have a, an expert is that she is going to share a lot of valuable insight. And before I bring her on, I'm going to give a little background about her. So uh, Marsha Desco, is, uh, she is a leadership transformation thought leader and a business strategist. As the CEO of her company, uh, Marsha Dasko and Associates, she founded her consulting and speaking company 25 years ago. She is a provocative uh, contrarian and a catalyst for pivoting leadership thinking and innovation. She was mentored by Dr. W. Edward Deming, who helped Japan become a global competitor after World War II and works with boards and executive teams to accelerate their vision and results never before imagined. She co-founded several Deming-based nonprofits that spanned over 20 years. She's also a dynamic, energizing global speaker and facilitator at conferences and organizations. Her clients include numerous Fortune 100 corporations to private companies, healthcare, education, government agencies, and the U.S. Navy. Not to mention she is a 
best-selling author of the book, Pivot, Disrupt, Transform, and co-author of the book, uh, Turning Ideas into Impact. I could keep going on and on and on, and I'm sure we're going to learn along the way a little <laughs> bit more about her. And without further ado, we welcome Marsha Desco to the show. Marsha, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much. That was like a lengthy bio. It's it's true, but <laughs> it sounded like, man, she must be a hundred years old. Oh, not at all. We <laughs> wanna we wanna make sure we 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 have our guests on that we wanna give them everything. Not well, we there was still more to go over, but I couldn't go through everything. But I wanted to at least point out the highlights of uh, why you are who you are and all the value that you've brought to not only individuals and other leaders, but, you know, companies and so on. And your, your experience is so valuable. We're honored to have you here today sharing with us. So now when we talk about pivoting, you know, pivot is that, you know, a word that sometimes people may hear what that word is like pivot. Does that mean that, hey, something didn't work out, so I have to pivot to something that will? Uh, and then when you tie that into leadership, I'd like to see if you could share with the readers or listeners, I keep saying readers, listeners as to how, you know, what pivot leadership is all about. And when we talk about a bold future, transforming, we are, we are in the, we are in the process that we can create this bold future, especially after what we've been going through with all this uncertainty, this is a golden opportunity to pivot and to create a bold future. But if you could share your valuable wisdom and insight on pivot leadership, it would be great for the listeners. So pivotal leadership means that leaders have an opportunity to go like they've got a fork in the road and they can either go down one fork where they get stuck and flounder and fail because they don't want change. They want things to be the status quo, but it's not life. Things don't stay the same. And pivotal leaders are constantly, not just during a crisis, not during a pandemic, but they're always scanning the environment and doing a sense and respond type approach to what do we need to accomplish? What vision might we have? How do we better serve customers? We don't best serve them by asking them what they want because they don't know. It's up to great leadership to innovate, to create products and services that are not out there today and create that future. So pivotal leaders are the ones who can envision what's coming, what they want to create to come, as well as when there is a crisis, they don't put their head in the sand. They instead are the people that say, okay, there's a need and I will pull together a team and we will address that need. We will find solutions. We will find the opportunities. And I know a lot of Companies did that just that a year ago. And like we saw GM and Ford pivot and -hmm. they went in a different direction. They, instead of making all cars, they started making ventilators. Mm. We saw breweries pivot. And instead of making beer, 
they were making hand sanitizer. We saw Louis Vuitton, instead of making luxury goods, pivot and make uh, the PPE materials. That sure, yeah, had. yeah. So pivots mean that leaders identify a need or an opportunity and they put together a team and create the so many ideas and make they make it happen. So they rapidly pivot and accelerate to accomplish mm. and serve. That that is such a great thing that you just said about and using those companies, you know, and these are companies that are well known. They're not like who never heard of that company. And wow, I didn't realize they they went from, you know, you know, a luxury brand that were making uh PPE, like, wow, you know, but it goes to show that pivot leadership is about adapt, adapting, you know, adapting yes. to change, not resisting change. Exactly. And so many people and certain companies resist change because change is scary. It's, it's the unknown. It's that uncertainty. We've had all this uncertainty we've been dealing with with COVID. But can you talk, share some insights of why sometimes certain people and companies can pivot to adapt and others can't? We understand it's a fear, but why, you know, why, what causes that? What is behind that? Like certain, you know, organizations and people fail to, you know, they react too late in, you know, in certain situations. Yes, there are multiple reasons. And you've hit one of them when you mentioned fear. Some people have a fear of, I I once asked an audience of 200 uh, executives, how many fears do you think you have in your organization? And I had them just take a moment with their partner and come up with those fears. And they said they thought they had five or six fears in their organization. And I said, "Um, excuse me, but you actually have more than 100 and it's your job to discover them, bring them out on the table, talk about them, because the only way that you're going to reduce fear is to communicate and build trust. And that is the role of a leader, is to create the environment where people are self-motivated. They don't try to motivate them. Instead, they create the environment where people are self-motivated and they can contribute. They contribute when they care about something and they contribute when they can learn, work, improve and innovate together. Great leaders, pivotal leaders and those that are the most successful are also the people who welcome and inspire more and more and more and more creativity. I think through the pandemic, the people who had, who were the most creative are the people who were able to face the challenges, bring their teams together, create their plans for, you know, survival and for, for thriving. I mean, some organizations are just booming through this time. I mean, yeah. Zoom, Zoom, for example, they had to. They, there was a need and they had to step up to it. And many did. And but some people, they if they're stuck, if they some people have that that fear 
then they just, they don't want to be changed. They don't want to change. And the fear is too deep. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's too deep. And so what would be some of the things that, from your experience, that, that those companies that are in that, you know, haven't been able to pivot or, or change and kind of still stuck in this fear and this, you know, unwillingness to change, what would you recommend that are some things that they can do to kind of start shifting where they can start to learn to trust this process, where, where to adapt uh, when, because because this could happen at any moment in time. Yes. Regardless, I mean, outside of their their control, you know, a lot of times this is outside their control. Exactly. Yes. Um, stepping up to leadership is it's hard. It, it's not easy being a leader. It's not easy to transform. And in fact, I was talking to a CEO client this morning, and we were talking about you know transformation. And he's and I'm just beginning with them in. Uh, um, just worked with them for a month or so. And he said, Marcia, you make it sound so easy, but, it, but it's not. Uh, I mean, I see the, the vision, I see the future because I've been down this path many, many times, but I, of course, to his leadership team, this is all new. So the people who can transform, who can face the fear and do it anyway and move toward trust and caring and work, learning and working together. That's one of the most fundamental things. Um, those people that can do it have two characteristics. One, a deep commitment to continual learning and courage. So they don't have to have all the answers. It, the, the mindset that, oh, all the leaders have to have the knowledge or something at the top. No, they don't have to have mm. all of the answers. They need to create the environment so that all of their people develop their natural leadership and can contribute to the aim of the organization. That's that's involved with the creating a strategic compass. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Cause I mean, there, there, I mean, that's the thing you, you're not going to have all the answers. You're not going to be able to control everything. You can only control what you can. And that's where I think where people get this, this fear and this, you know, where they feel paralyzed is because they get caught up in what they can't control and what they don't know. So those puzzle pieces come in time to connect the, the puzzle to complete the puzzle or the results that they seek. So it's trusting that process. Wow. Yes. That, that, that's definitely so true. Uh, no, I, I, that is great. We have a, we have about three, three minutes or to the break. Marcia, what would be some other things that you could share for like, you know, some of the listeners that are listening, some of them that work in companies, some that run their own businesses that may be hearing this and going, wow, that's me right now. And, and I keep playing it safe. But I know that if I don't pivot somewhere here soon, you know, that can be the difference of somebody getting ahead of me or worst case, I could be out of business. So what, what, what would be what would some more insights that you could share to help them help themselves? Yes, um, I would suggest there are so many ideas. I'm, I'm, <laughs> my, my mind is bombarding. So um, I would say start with 
pulling some people together and different yep. teams of people together and, and make sure everyone is clear about the direction that you're going. So what are you trying to accomplish together? Don't go any further until you get clear on that. And who are you serving? Those two fundamental things. Then together, people can figure out how to do it. But, but be very clear on what you're trying to accomplish and who you're serving. And then uh, start, if there's a lot of fear in the organization, talk about it. Talk about it a lot. Because the more you talk about it, um, and the more and more and more people communicate together, the fear re- reduces and the trust builds because you're communicating, you're, you're respecting each other, le- you're learning from each other. There's a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. I'm always full of resources when yeah. it comes to books because I have a, a, a thousand books on my bookshelf. Um, that is one of them. Um, yeah. There's another leadership book by the, the second edition by the Arbinger Institute. I can't remember the, uh, the whole title, but it's quite good. Or um, Leadership on, on the Line, um, Leadership Without Easy Answers. Those are you know, great books. Yeah. Some really fundamental books. But oh, that's a great books. insight. Well, we got, we got more to come from you. you have, this is only the tip of the iceberg that Marcia is going to be sharing everyone about uh, pivotal leadership. And here we're talking about pivot to transform a bold future. And what, what that bold future means, well, it's up to you. You're, that's up to you personally and in your business. So uh, we're going to be going to break here. But what we'd like to, before we go to break, to kind of think about where you're at right now. Where are you at in your life? Where are you at in your business? And think about, you know, is this a time to pivot, to adapt, to say that change is going to happen with or without you? And are you going to now be, you know, left in the dust? Are you going to be part of the change and find a way to make it work within your control? Because that's all we can do, letting go of everything else that Marcia shared about. So, so don't go away. Again, and if you just joined us, you can listen to this show in its entirety here later today, uh, as this show will be highly recommended that you go back and listen, take notes. This could be the difference in where you are and where you want to be in your business. And we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. 
You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. If you're just joining us here, uh, we are here with Marsha Desco. We're talking about pivot to transform your uh, a bold future. This is all about pivotal leadership. So whether if you are a leader in your organization, regardless of title, or you run your own company, or even a solopreneur, you know you have to lead your business and also be a leader for your clients direct. This is a show for you. So. Marcia, we had left off. You were talking about some really key points of, you know, the, the types of companies that, you know, are able to adapt and the ones that are not, but what can be done to adapt? So what are some of the things that you can share that, you know, that leaders have to stop doing that when they do, this could be all the difference in making dramatic changes in their organizations and businesses? Yes, yeah, so many times, like a, a company will start up and then once they get 10 or 20 employees, the management team says, oh, we need HR. So HR comes in and they bring all of their quote unquote best practices and so forth. And what happens is over time, there's building and building and building and building of best practices from the outside that are not best practices and management fads. And before you know it, the organization has grown, but is filled with complexity, with waste, with a lack of productivity, with dysfunctional relationships. And what leaders need to do is really fight to keep the complexity and the management fads and the best practices out of their organizations. So, for example, performance appraisals, where they rate and rank employees. Whenever I'm talking to a, a leadership team, I ask them, okay, what's, what are your values? And they oftentimes, almost any of them, say teamwork and cooperation and collaboration. And then I ask, do you have performance appraisals? Do you rate and rank your employees? And they say, oh, yes, yes, of course. And we have performance management and we have 360s and all of these tools. And I asked them, why do you say that you have these values, but then you put practices in place that make create internal competition? And they said, oh, my gosh, we've never thought about that. And that's how it continues. I just ask and ask and ask questions. I say, where do you want to go? And then I ask questions and help them discover all of the barriers that are in their way of accomplishing what they want to accomplish. They want to have healthy, diverse uh, workplaces. And yet, with so many management fads, more workplaces are uh, toxic or dysfunctional, or there are silos, there are org charts that are create a structure that don't work because what great leaders do is they create a system 
And it's not about the parts of the system. It's about how all of the parts in the system. It's about how they interact. It's like a car. You don't take the best parts of the best cars and then try to put them together and create a car. That doesn't work. It's all about how do the parts interact in order for you to drive it. So systems thinking is fundamental and statistical thinking for better decision making is fundamental. And I've sadly, I've got a report based on my experience that most executives, leaders do not have the knowledge they need to have to lead their organizations. Wow. So, so the, what I'm hearing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is when you were talking about like about using the engine, you know, like how the, these things inter, you know, interact with one another. It, it, is that interdependency being interdependent? Yes. 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 Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Or independent. I actually heard a different term today. Somebody said independent together. So, <laughs> so <laughs> oh, I, thought, when I, heard, I, I said, wait a minute, it makes sense. Yeah, Because you got to own your own role and you got to own your own duty to be responsible. That's independent. But come together there. I said, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. So it's funny. I heard that today and you're talking about it. I'm going, my yes. God, this is coincidental here. You know, it's meant to be. You've hit on another uh, so just so it's just so phenomenally important the difference between responsibility and accountability yeah many people want to hold individuals accountable in the organization that's stupid yeah only the only the leaders can be held accountable because they create the systems that the people work in yes the individuals can contribute their ideas and their work and uh, resources, so forth, but they can't change the system. They can have conversations with the leaders to make changes, but, and then they, they also say, we're looking at the individuals and measuring the individuals. And if we don't like the results, well, then maybe they don't get their raise or they got a smaller raise than if they, if the system had delivered better results, but they need to be measuring the system's results, not the individual's results. Yes. Yes. That's so true. That's so true. And and the thing is, you know, if somebody's going to be accountable, like, a, you know, let's say a subordinate, somebody that works, they're more likely going to be accountable. They have to be accountable to themselves. And maybe perhaps that means that the leader in this case to create more, you know, more leaders in their in their units by owning their roles and duties is being the example of that himself or herself being that example so that others can do. So it's not that you have to keep them accountable. It's, it's that they're keeping themselves accountable and they're just keeping accountable, like you said, as a group, you know, what, you know, what, what are the results that they're, that they're, uh, that are, that are, that are, are happening as a result of people interdependently coming together, like they're independent coming together in that way. Yes. So, oh, that's powerful. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, and the thing is that in organizations, you know, you see a lot of codependency, like the opposite of that. People are like dependent upon, they, they're always trying to control what they can't control. They're trying to control someone's perception to what they said, their attitude, their behavior, 
they're trying to control other things that would play into the results that are beyond their control. But, and they don't they don't focus on what they can, and then they they re, they then they realize why are they overwhelmed? Why do they feel frustrated, stressed, angry? Uh, why that when expectations go unfulfilled, which well, they just get caught up in that same cycle over and over again. So what you were saying here is if that if if we could change that and the, just the way we think and how we do things, that can kind of shift away from that. Uh, the way, way companies have been doing it or people, how people are used to doing things and getting the same results. Exactly. Yeah. Because if they, if they have a common aim, a common purpose, and they are thinking about who they want to serve, then they communicate together and they don't, it, it, things are not individualized. So how they learn together, support each other, um, do self-care, um, are mentally, emotionally um, secure and happy. They don't have, they're vulnerable. They, it's, they have to have a safe environment where they can speak up and they can um, share and, and share the mistakes, share things that are not going well because it's not, then that someone's going to criticize and blame and judge, but instead they're going to work together to support and develop each other to create a bigger, um, more healthy organization. So it's all about relationships. And I think more and more discussion uh, people are having is about a caring, caring leadership, caring organizations, especially after the pandemic, people are already talking about the re-entry um, into society and in, yeah. back into the workforce and back to um, uh, the social events and so forth. It's like, it's, uh, I've noticed it myself. If I go someplace for the first time, like to the airport or onto an airplane or inside to a restaurant, I first when I first get there, I'm like, oh, you know, like, oh, my gosh, do I want to do this? Or I'm here. Can I breathe? And I think that we can, you know, take those deep breaths and think things through. And we've got to develop our own coping skills and calm down, but support each other and say, we've got to acknowledge how we feel. Not just about how we think and, you know, goals and numerical goals that are set arbitrarily and so forth. It's not just about the work. It's always about how do we learn and work, you know, together so that we take care of each other. And I think that's a huge lesson that's coming out of the pandemic is that, with 25% of women leaving the workforce, people are taking a new look at what they value. Many people have gone back to families and said, oh my gosh, I was missing so much. I need to pivot my own personal values. I need to pivot my personal life because I was missing out so much with 
my children, with a healthy relationship with my partner, with um, I was spending two hours in the car every day commuting. This is not value add. And I and people are saying they don't want to go back to work five days a week. The hybrid model, I think, is going to emerge as well as, you know, we've we've got so many pivots like they're the virtual learning, not 100 percent different ages. You know, it affects different people, different ways, uh, but telemedicine and so forth. These are yeah. things that were coming, but the pandemic accelerated them coming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like I said, like some of these things, some people were forced into this change. They, you know, they had to, they had no, well, they had to either get a job, they had to start a new business or whatever the case may be. But, but then again, there's, this was an opportunity where people were in control to make that, that, that decision. So, which was great. So I, I love, I love what you share there on that and why this is so important. What would be some other things that you could add that you feel leaders, you know, you know, you talked about what leaders shouldn't, you know, should stop doing, but what are some other things that they either should stop or should be doing more of or better or incorporating to, you know, be able to adapt to uh, industry situations, work situations, changes in their personnel or anything personal overall to themselves? Right. Um, one, uh, another thing that is a big stop is that organizations need to take the focus off of arbitrary numerical goals, profits, the bottom line. Mm. Um, And the reason is because when they focus on numbers and arbitrary numbers, people will work to get those numbers and destroy the team or the company in the process. Yes. So seeing that, Yes. And I've worked with so many um, leadership teams that when I go in, they say, oh, we have a management team meeting um, once a month or once a quarter. And I ask, what do you discuss at that? And the whole day or two is spent focusing on budgets, forecasts, numbers, the bottom line. And so when I begin to work with them, I... um, guide them to focus on learning and they learn totally different things. They might've been having the same problems for five or 10 or 15 years. And within two days, they see solutions. They see possibilities. They see how they can transform their thinking. And part of it is I ask them to focus on, or I teach them new concepts and tools to help them see systems, processes, interrelationships, the psychology that's working or not working between them, um, theory of variation, um, how to make better decisions. But basically we go through, for example, two days and I say, oh, the numbers the, that you want to talk about, you get 30 minutes at the end of day two. And month after month after month, we might shift to having two-day management team meetings. But 
we talk about the numbers at the end of day two, if there's time, because that is not the focus. If they create great systems and processes and um, relationships and a culture, then the natural outcome will be great numbers. I had a client that was a $30 million organization and they wanted to go to 35 or 40 million. And I said to the owner, okay, you've told me, don't tell anyone else that number. And he didn't and we began working and the organization went from 30 million to 300 million. Now, if we had gotten to close to 40 million, psychologically, the team would have slowed down because yeah. it's like, oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And they, then they hit the 40 yeah. million and they basically stop. Stop, but yeah. I didn't know how far they could go. So it's like the sky is the limit. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This is some great stuff. You've illustrated some great, great points here. And everyone, again, taking notes, make sure this is some great stuff. You go back and listen to this segment or actually the entire show. It's an entirety. This is so, so important. Uh, We're going to be going to break here shortly, uh, but we're going to have more to come in the last segment uh, with Marsha. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to send us uh, an email to chris at christophersalem.com. We will make sure that Marsha receives your uh, questions. So if you uh, would like something uh, to be answered, feel free to send that to us. We'll make sure that she gets it to reach out to you direct. Again, that's chris at christophersalem.com. Or again, you can leave a note at the uh, Voice America Influencers channel with sustainable success either way. We'll make sure that we do get back to you. We got to go to break, everyone, but we'll be right back. And we got more to come with, again, pivotal leadership. Again, pivot to transform a bold future. We'll be right back. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. 
Welcome back to Sustainable Success. We are here with Marcia Desco talking about pivot to transport a bold future. This is all about pivotal leadership. Again, doesn't matter if you are a solopreneur, you are a business owner, or you are running an organization as a leader in that particular area. So this is really important stuff, especially with all the uncertainty that we've been going through. And, you know, Marcia has shared a wealth of knowledge here uh, with us today. And we hope that you, uh, if you have any questions that you reach out, we'll make sure that she addresses that for you. So Marcia, we, you know, we talked a lot about pivotal leadership, talking about some of the things you should do, you shouldn't do, some of the things that what, how the people that take action, what it can do for them, some that don't take the action right away, what are the results? Where do people, where do leaders begin when it comes to pivot, pivotal leadership? Well, first I would share hope is not a strategy. Mm. So great leaders anticipate. I actually learned that from one of my first clients who owned a chain of car dealerships in Hawaii. And he shared that one day and he would, you know, the focus was what do we anticipate? And then I worked with a with a division of Dow Chemical and that division manager also was thinking forward and anticipating that the competition, the global competition was going to get very severe, very fast. And when we were working with his team of about 40 uh, executives, we were there for you know, for a four-day workshop, and we were just into the uh, few hours into the first day, and my colleague said to the division manager, "I don't think they're getting it." Um, and they were going back and forth, and the division manager said, "Oh yes, they they get it, they get it. No, they don't have a sense of urgency." So after the break, the division manager went to the front of the room and said. How many of you think that we're in a crisis situation? And four hands went up. And he was shocked because he thought that all 40 believed like he did that they were in a crisis and they needed to prepare for the future coming at them. And so he gave a short five to 10 minute visionary speech and they had high respect for him. And then the shift in that commitment to learning over the next three and a half days was off the chart. They really tried to understand. It's basically like, how do we come out of a crisis? So where do leaders begin? They, that's the number one thing they need to do. They need to ask that question. Where do we begin? Where is our sense of urgency? Where, what do we anticipate? Where is the crisis that could hit us um, unexpectedly? Some yeah. people, believe it or not, had a pandemic plan. Yeah. They went to their file drawer, took it out, and here it was. They just had to adapt. Other people were blindsided for weeks and months and still resisted. You can't resist reality. It's right there. But um, so what 
People who want to continually transform, who want to survive, who want to be stable and sustainable over time, they are very, very committed to continual education, continually developing their their organization themselves, um, their community. So they're always looking at how do we improve and innovate and give back. And so it's it's a huge commitment to to learning. Um, like my mentor, Dr. Deming, shared the system of profound knowledge. And so I deeply studied that, was mentored by several people besides Dr. Deming. And so systems thinking, statistical thinking, knowledge of variation, theory of psychology, theory of knowledge, though, and, and I added um, theory of communication diffusion. So those interdependent parts of that system is what great leaders need to study and learn how to apply. That's why I... Um, I always, when I'm helping an organization, I go in, I learn about it, I talk to as many people as possible, and then based on where they are, I create um, a leadership education session. Might It might be two or three days where mm-hmm. they go through and they learn this foundation of knowledge that they that they need to learn in their vocabulary, in their thinking, in, in how they work with each other, how they make decisions and so forth. Mm. And then it is a transition to how do we apply these con- new concepts and tools to the organization. And then once the organization is learning and applying, then I tell the leaders, now get out of the way of your people because they will take you where you've never been before. Yeah. And that's the definition of transformation. It's mindset shift first and then the application, the implementation. Yep. Of wow. That's uh that, that's a great. And, and, and would you say that, that that's a process, you know, so it takes yes. time Yes. Now, people are always like, oh, how long is it going to take? You know, well, I guess it, it's going to vary based upon, you know, a person, a, an organization. Uh, it depends on them. It depends yeah, on yeah. their commitment to study, learning, and application. I've had some, it, it's rare, but I've had some organizations transform in six months. And the, I mean, it's a never ending, but they've they got the fundamentals. And then we're applying and I've had other organizations that would take several years. And it also depended on how large they were, how complex they were, how um, many challenges they were facing. And wow. Wow. This is, you shared some really valuable things today here. This is, uh, I love it. I, (laughs) I, I, I could I could listen to anything on leadership, you know, especially someone who has a lot of knowledge in it any day. So I'm getting so much out of it. I even jot down some notes to myself and as the host. <laughs> Good. So and we I have, always we have to homework. do that. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So, I always give homework and I always say, oh, we're going to have, you know, um, a, read a book every month. And they, they laugh because they think I'm joking, but then they, no, realize, yeah, I agree. oh my gosh, she's I, not joking. I read, I read, I read a chapter or two out of a book. Well, minimum every morning. And then I do at night too, but, but it's part of my routine. It's part of the, my success routine that where I make my bed, meditate, journal, work out, eat breakfast, read a chapter two out of a book, review my daily goals for the day, and then start my day. I do that every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So if I'm going to pivot, well, I owe it to my success foundation because it keeps my mind sharp, clear, or clarity, uh, you know, with focus to be decisive, then decisive to take risks, take risks, and take action. That's it. So I love it. I, I that, went to that foundation. Process and it works. Yeah. <laughs> Took a long time, but but I got it. I got it. I've been doing it a while, but in the but it wasn't like that always. Believe me. <laughs> so I would, you know, I I learned and but yeah, you, know, you talked a lot about the consistency today and and being interdependent and process and all these different things because these are so so important. What are like, again, you know, any other things you could share that in the beginning process, is there anything personal that you think that, you know, leaders would need to know something other than just in what they're doing in their businesses, but something even on a personal level, anything else that you think that could add insight for that? It's interesting because oftentimes when I'm working with organizations and uh, I maybe spend a week and the people are learning new concepts and new tools and so forth. There's they're like they get to be like sponges because then every time I go there, I get these great stories about how they are taking what I'm teaching them and they're going out to the school or the church or their community and they're taking what I'm teaching and sharing it. I am, it makes me so excited because it's going beyond the, just a, a company or a team. And they're going out to make a difference in the world. I teach MBA classes sometimes, not, not all the time because it depends on my travel schedule. But I, I love that. And the first thing I do is I tell the students to put the laptops away because we're really going to do deep learning. And I do that experientially through exercises. And secondly, um, I tell them, if you do these things, everyone gets an A. And it takes them a little bit of time to believe me, because they think she's just teasing, you know, that we can't, we can't all get an A. Well, I asked them, well, what are we going to focus on if we're not focusing on the grade? And I remember one MBA student shyly said, learning? (laughs) And I said, yes, wouldn't that be transformational? That we come together and we learn together and we talk about how we can apply these concepts and these theories outside of this classroom. And so it can go back to family, to a sports team, they're, maybe they're co- a coach. Um, it can go to uh, the PTA at, at school. It, the, so all, all of these concepts apply to life. 
Yeah, they do. I, I love when you, what you mentioned there, because as leaders, this isn't like, hey, we turn this switch on at work and then we go back to something else. It's got to become consistent. It's got to be part of our day-to-day life. It's like how you lead in public is, is that the same as how you lead at home? You know, are those behaviors consistent? Are, is your communication consistent? The, you know, your action that you take, how you follow through, the values that you, you operate from at home and in the workplace, are, are they the same? Or are they different? So, because if they are, then something's not, something's off here. So no, I love what you, when you mentioned that it's, it's there's, they have to be uniform and something that you're doing, you know, eventually automatically over a period of time, you know, once you're able to get that to the automatic stage there. So I think that that's great. Uh, I love it. Wow. You, you've shared such, such a wealth of information here today. Uh, it, it is just, I, you know, I, I took notes. I hope everyone here that's listening has taken notes and, and go back and listen to this show in its entirety. But we only got a few minutes left and I want to leave time for Marcia to share some, you know, where you can get in touch with her. So Marcia, anything you would like to share where, how they can get in t- contact with you, anything you'd like to provide, you are more than welcome to do so. Okay. I always welcome questions, stories, uh, challenges. So if people are struggling with something, don't struggle by yourself. You know, pick up the phone, send an email, you know, text something. I, I'm, I'm all over, you know, Google. They can put in my name. Um, they can look up my book, Pivot, Disrupt, Transform, um, on Amazon because it comes auditory, Kindle, and hard copy. So just by, you know, finding the correct spelling of my name, which is a big challenge, um, <laughs> then, then they can find me on Google. Uh, my website is mdashco.com. And there are many, many resources on my website. There are white papers and podcasts, blogs, um, and newsletters. And I write a weekly column for the Silicon Valley Business Journal. It's called Ask Marsha. It's um, ask me any leadership questions and I'll try to, um, you know, give you some guidance or uh, provide resources or sometimes I just... They have questions and I answer the question with questions so that they think it through. So I encourage people to um, reach out to me or go to my website and, and go, through the, um, go through the resources. There is so much there and um, I really welcome the interactions and also I love to uh, go out to organizations, corporations, associations, right. and speak about leadership transformation and how to pivot. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. We, we, everybody listening, please reach out to Marsha. This is get her book as well. There's a lot of great issues. So if you work for a corporation, uh, you are running your own company, this is someone you need to get in contact with right away. And again, we fully support Marsha and everything that she does here. So if you have questions, again, feel free to either reach out to Marsha directly. If we send them to us, we will make sure she also gets them. Marsha, thank you so much for being here with us today. We, we are so honored to have you. And listeners, thank you. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have this show. So we are committed each and every week 
bringing in people like Marsha who share their insights and wisdom and experience to help you scale your business and personal lives to the next level. Leadership is so important. And we hope everyone has a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. And we're going to see you on the next show at the beginning of June. We'll have another great guest sharing their words of wisdom. So until then, we'll see you next Thursday. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.